Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Well, are you ready for the word? Praise God. Aren't we thankful that he's so faithful with his word? He, we know that when we come to the table, he's got something for us. And so, um, uh, along with you, let's look to him. Can you use your faith together with me? Let's all put our eyes upon him. He's got something to give us today that will help us. And, uh, and we need our, the, uh, the hands of our faith to receive it. Praise the name of the Lord. Lord, we lift our, our hands to your oracles, your words today. We say we want them. We're, we won't just sit here and um, maybe if something sticks to us, it will. But actually, we, we actually invite your words into our heart and into our life. Speak to us. Talk to us. Even correct us. Give us light to walk in and we'll, we'll, we'll be doers of it. By your help and with your grace, we will. We'll be doers of it and in doing it, we'll be blessed. Can you agree with that? Amen. Let's give it one more hearty amen. 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 We're taking his word. Praise God. It's, it was on my heart to share um, on the subject of, of generations. And so when we get... When we get with that word, it can, in different people, and even in, even, um, in myself, it can um, push a button and that brings up several different um, meanings and connotations. So we're just going to look at some dictionary definitions that have to do with the Bible use of generations, okay? And so generation is used in the Bible in, in a few different ways, but here are three that we want to look at. Uh, when we talk about a generation, we're talking about an entire body of individuals born and living about the same time. All right. So uh, when you look, if you would get a picture then of this first definition, it would have everybody from infants to very old people and everybody in between. So everybody alive at a certain period of time. The next term that we'll see also um, a definition uh, by Bible usage of it would be a term of years. A generation of people could be 40 years. Also other, other uh, scholars interpret uh, generation in different ways. It may be 70 years or even 80 years, all right? And then a generation in the Bible can also be used uh, as a single step in the natural descent as a human being, uh, animal, or plant, the next generation. In other words, uh, my children are the next generation. So we use it in all of these, uh, all of these kinds of ways. Um, but today, I'd like us to focus on uh, primarily the first one. The entire body of individuals born and living about the same time. So if we could look 
Across this room, we've got, we've got a baby. Well, she just went back in the back, but we got a tiny one, got a baby, and then we have everybody up. I don't know who's the oldest one here, if anybody wants to claim that honor today. But we've got, and then we've got heaps in between. So uh, uh, we've got a, a good, nice picture of a generation, all right? Psalms 100 and, f- 100 and verse 5 says this, the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues, how long? Forever. And his, faithful, his faithfulness continues to each generation. So then that means that his faithfulness is continuing to our generation. Who's ever alive on the planet right now? We can know this, not hope it, not cross our fingers. We can absolutely know that he is faithful to this generation. All right, next verse. Psalms 145 verse 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule through all all generations. The Lord always keeps his promise. He is gracious in all that he does. But I want you to notice that that middle phrase there, his rule throughout all generations. So in other words, the dominion of God, the authority, the power, the supremacy of our God has not diminished over time. In other words, he's not dealing with, you know, he is the ancient of days and he's not become, a, you know, a geriatric type of God where we're having to help him. Let's all pray for God today. He's been around for a long time. We don't, we don't have to um, think at all that his power and dominion have diminished. No, his dominion is to all generations, and that means his dominion is to this generation. Say, our generation. So he's faithful to our generation. His power and authority, his dominion is for this generation. All right? Now, those are promises that we are to take up and use and see the blessing of Luke, the first chapter in verse 50. This verse of scripture was in a prophecy from the mother of Jesus Christ. It's a big prophecy. And she said in the middle of this, it came up out of her with the spirit of prophecy. In the middle of what she said, she, uh, she prophesied that God shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. That means he is merciful. And when we see mercy used in the Bible, it is with healing, it's with salvation, it is redemptive, it's with people, for people who don't deserve it, but they get it. And God said, or through, through Mary, through the spirit of prophecy, that he is merciful to every generation. That means to this generation, we can expect to see the faithfulness of God, we can expect to see, we can expect to see, what was the middle one? We could expect to see, huh? The middle verse, the first one was the faithfulness of God. The second one was, well, go, go back to the last, because we got to get it. You didn't know I was going to test you today, did I? 
His faithfulness, what's, and then uh, Psalms 145, his faithfulness to every generation, his rule, <laughs> his dominion to every generation, and then finally his mercy is to every generation. Now the Christmas story is a story about when Jesus came the first time, and we talk here often about uh, the purpose of Jesus' first coming and also the promise of his return because Jesus is coming again. So uh, we see in the book of Luke, Luke 1 and 2, it's not the only gospel, but it's one we commonly look to, uh, to look at the Christmas story. And, and in that Christmas story, uh, and putting them together also with some of the other gospels, we see the different characters that were in that story. And uh, people had lived for many generations, but uh, finally it came up to fullness of time and the generation in which the Son of God came in bodily form to the earth. It's epic, huge. And the characters that we see in the story are significant to us. We see in the story shepherds. And shepherds speak to us of, of people, sincere, compassionate, um, working people, maybe even simple, could be simple, but they may not, in the, simple, in the way that they may have not had a heap of education. Uh, but we see it, there could have even been some different age groups within those shepherds, but the shepherds were, were uh, personally invited by God to the birthplace of Jesus. That's huge. That's not just something casual. It's something for us to see. The second group of people that we, we would know about would be the wise men, which completely different than the shepherds. They are educated. They have, they brought, they brought things of huge value with them. And, and there, there could have been a, a bit of age within some of them as well, but uh, diversity. But they were also invited through a sign and a wonder to come and, and visit Jesus. We also see King Herod, which also speaks to us of a character within this stage presentation in this generation, in this epic event that happened on the planet. There was political figures there too. Then we also see, uh, we also see, how about, how about uh, Jesus' stepfather? What an amazing man, a carpenter, a tradie. So very purposefully, God places uh, these characters within this important story. And, and so in Luke, the first chapter, if you'll go there, we're going to look at some other people that are also involved. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. So these people are, are very, very prominent in the story of Jesus' first coming, all right? Zacharias and Elizabeth, both, both uh, were from family of priests. They were married, and but they were both in the, in the line of Aaron the priest. 
Go ahead, next verse. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both, say those next two words. So what we see as characters on the platform of Jesus' first coming is all these people that I've already described, all these different varieties of people that we've already described, and also you see very old, say very old. <laughs> All right, very old. And then keep going, next verse. It says, one day Zacharias was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty. Now, uh, in that temple then, he had an, he had an encounter with Gabriel, um, an archangel of God that came with a message that his wife was going to have a baby even though they were very old. Now go to verse 27. We're going to look at another character. That same angel, angel Gabriel, also came then to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, uh, in the culture of that time, Mary could have been anywhere uh, and it, we would never think of it now <laughs> uh, to give our, our children in marriage um, any less than age 30. That's what, Tony, <laughs> that's what Tony always told his girls. He, you're not leaving me until you're 30. Well, <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. <laughs> and with tears, you know. But anyway, uh, but in that culture, it was not uncommon for a girl from 12 to 16 years old to be given in marriage. And so, uh, in contrast, we have uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, very old, the Bible says, and then we have over here on the other side, in the other extreme, we have Mary, who's going to be the mother of Jesus, and she is could be 12 to 16 years old. So we have very wide uh, spectrum of age here. Today, for our purposes, because we're going to be talking about generation, uh, we're going to talk about uh, an A group and a B group. Because nobody likes to be called the older unless they like it. My, my parents are kind of into it right now. And uh, they've been into it for a little while. They, I, I actually remember turning uh, into my 50s. I loved getting into my 40s, but 50s have been, there's something more and more liberating the older you get. It's just like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but any, it's just bring them on, bring on the years. You know, I don't know, praise the Lord. Does anybody <laughs> agree? So... So old, but rather than calling us older, let's, uh, we're going to divide up the generation of uh, 50 plus, and that'll be the A group, and then we're going to use the Mary group, people below 50, as the, a, uh, the B group, okay? So we have over 50, Anybody in here over 50 and glad about it? Woohoo! Okay, so those, you guys are the A group, and then 
uh, who is below 50 in here and happy. Woohoo! Indeed. Okay, the B group. Now go to, uh, go to verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Just keep rolling these verses. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You'll call his name Jesus. So far, you just have to think about how radical that would be. First of all, to have an angel talk to you. Second of all, to tell you as a young girl that you're going to conceive and have a son. You just have to embrace that. It's just incredible. Next, and, and, and he gives him a name right away. But the next verse is, is just beyond being able to put your head around it. Next verse. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. This angel saying, you're going to have the Son of God. So it's all packaged in a nice Christmas story. But it had to have rattled this dear girl. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now Mary is well aware as a Jewish girl of the Messiah. She's been raised praying for the Messiah to come. This angel comes and appears to her and says, you're going to give birth to him. All right? So that is huge for this, this girl. And then, if, if, keep going, uh, to verse 35, angel replied, the Holy Spirit, because she said, how? How, just, how is that going to happen? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So in other words, the baby is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Not going to have a natural father. God himself is going to be the father of this child so that the baby to be born, and now he's repeating this twice to her, will be holy and he will be called the son of God. That's huge news. All right? Now, verse 36. What's more, now it's interesting that the angel uses this as a support to her. Of all the things he could have used to use a support, this is what he chose. He said, your relative Elizabeth, the very old one, who's never been able to have a child, who's not been fruitful, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. All right? So what the angel is announcing is what is going to come forth from the B group, because we're identifying with Mary under 50. What's going to come forth from Mary is supernatural. Supernatural. Couldn't be done by might nor power. It has to be done by the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to come from the B group. And the angel says, not only that, there's going to be something come from the A group, the people over 50, 
And that is also supernatural. Not just natural, not just their experience, not just what they have learned to do. No, there's something divine going to happen from this B group, excuse me, A group, as well as the B group. Now go to uh, uh, verse 37. Look at this. Can we all say this together? Nothing is impossible with God. Probably need to say that again. For nothing is impossible with God. All right? Now, no one, God is not planning in using just the B group, just the young people, just the younger group, and he's not just planning to use just the A group. What he shows in this story is he's going to use all in a generation. All right? So he shows this as well, that out even of the old, if you'll go back to verse 35, 135, or 130, no, 136. What's going to come out of this A group is going to be something new. Because this very old woman is going to give birth to a baby. Something new, something fresh, something that she could ne- has never been able to do, but is going to do. All right? Luke 116. Let's go back to 116, please. Now, talking about this new thing that's going to come out of group A. <laughs> We know that the name of that baby was John. That baby also had his, his, was given his name supernaturally, John. And what he would do, what this, what this would come from this plus 50 group would do, is he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. Then look at verse, uh, keep going in the verse. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah, which there's heaps about that, but we're not even going to touch it today. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Now, Malachi, and we're going to stop, we're going to come back to the re- and read the rest of this verse of Scripture. Oh, well, let's go ahead now. And, and he will... Yeah, yeah, that's good. Malachi, the sixth chapter and the sixth verse repeats, or the fourth chapter and the sixth verse repeats uh, uh, this particular portion of Scripture. Actually, uh, Luke, Luke, when he was writing the book of Luke, quoted Malachi, the fourth chapter, in verse 6 when he was writing Matthew, or when he was writing verse 17. And he says this, the hearts of the, the fathers will be turned to the, to the children and the hearts of the children would be turned to the fathers. In other words, get, let me get a picture here. The people plus 50 would be turned to them, favorably turned, a heart not, not mm, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> what's wrong with you people? 
you've, you've lost it. You're, you're, you know, you're going to the dogs kind of a thing. Back in my day, na 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 na, we would a ha 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 ha. Well, when we were dying, and you, na na, and I used to walk 12 miles, and yeah, and I used to put in a good mile, one of these, yeah. So the effect of this ministry that was coming out of group A was that it would turn the hearts of this group A to group B, favorably, tenderly. And it would also turn the hearts of group B to group A. Mothball people. <laughs> Move along. Times have changed. And so there can be a derogative thing that has gone back and forth. Yeah, we know you walked 12 miles, but hey, we've landed on the moon since then. <laughs> so, you know, there can be this thing, but what, what this verse of Scripture is saying is there's going to be this beautiful Hearts turning to that group of people, this group of people, their hearts turn towards them. That it's, it's interactive and working together as is demonstrated in the story when Jesus came the first time. Guess what? Guess why? Because he's coming again. He's coming again. And the people that are alive in this generation are characters in this great story. Bless the name of the Lord. So the second coming will have similarity that God is using. Now go back to verse 29. I'll go to verse 29 of Luke 1. Luke 1, excuse me, 39. A few days later, and this is a few days after she was, uh, became pregnant, Okay, this is all still brand new to her. And who can she tell? Honestly, who can she tell? What, what bestie, BFF friend, is going to get that? Not that. BFF person is, you know, you share what, what new dress you got and, or what, what new something you got. But that kind of news? No. It says here, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. Bless her heart. I bet she did. And until she did, she must have been thinking, what can I do? What, what can I do? I'm pregnant with the Son of God, and who on this planet would ever believe that? What can I do? So she hurried. She came, she came to this, I, I, I'm going to go see Elizabeth, keep going, to the town where Zechariah lived, and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. I was thinking about this, and it really touched my heart. She's in this B group. She's in the 12 to the 16. She's way down here in this, this B group. 
she's thinking, who can I talk to? And she was thinking of everybody in this group. I can't talk to any. Why did she have the confidence to talk to somebody that's way over here in the extreme of the A group? Why would she? You don't go to somebody who you know is going to bash you. You don't. Well, what'd you do? Had that, now Mary. She wouldn't have gone to her. That's why she didn't go to anybody else. There had to have been, there had to have been already some kind of a, 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 a relationship between that very young and this very old that made this young heart know that she could trust her. If anyone can get this, Elizabeth can. A group, for us to have a heart turned to the younger group, that they can come and not know that when they do come, they won't receive anything with bashings but help, real life help. So she went to and greeted Elizabeth. Now watch what happens here. Because here we have interaction happening at this very sound of Mary's greeting. So Mary just talked, just said hello. The sound of her greeting. Over here in, in precious Elizabeth, what God was doing in her sparked. Watch. What happened in the young sparked what was happening in the old. Get it? The spark doesn't always have to start here and go there. Sometimes the sparks happen from here. Isn't it wonderful? We can be sparked by one another, as we'll see here. The child leaped in her like, oh, there's something that's happening in that group that has to do with what's happening in me. It's not just me. It's something that's happening in that other group. The child leaped in her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Next verse. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, she inspired, came out with his, God has blessed you above all, all women and your child is blessed. Mary hadn't even said anything but hi. But what was in Mary by the Holy Spirit sparked something that was in Elizabeth and it brought something amazing out of Elizabeth that confirmed what God was doing down here and encouraged what was God was doing in, uh, in young Mary. She goes on. Next verse. Says, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord, she didn't even have to tell. She didn't have to convince. No, really, really, Aunt Elizabeth, or Cousin Elizabeth, really it was an angel, and really uh, it is God that I'm pregnant with, the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity. She didn't have to convince her. 
Elizabeth got it. Should visit me. Next verse. When I heard your greeting, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. In other words, what God is doing in your life matters to what God is doing in my life. All right, let's go on. Mary uh, found acceptance, and I want you to see the divine order, because back there in, in Luke, the first chapter in the 17th verse, it says, the hearts of the fathers will be turned to the children. And then it says the hearts of the children will be turned to the fathers. A lot of times what happens is we think if they'll act right, if they'll, if they'll shape up, then we'll, you know, then we, they'll earn our respect. That is so hogwash. It's not Bible. And it's totally unfounded as far as, as what God modeled. If people aren't respectable, you know what God does? He goes to them and lifts them up, gives them respect. If they don't have anything respectable, he said, okay, let me give you something. It's different than the way we think, isn't it? We've claimed all kind of culture that is not really heaven's culture. This is the way the divine order of things is. God turns the hearts of the fathers to the children where it isn't like, yeah, prove it. Yeah, when you, when you finally, finally, well then, hey. The way of God is not that. The way of God is he puts, he turns the heart to them. Loving, faith, and then he turns the hearts of the children to the fathers. So we have, we have what's happening in both A and B groups, sparking each other, confirming each other, believing in each other, not doubting each other, all right? So let's go on. Let's go to verse 76. Later on, John was born before Jesus. And uh, his father, after John was born and, and, uh, and his name was identified, his father broke out then in prophecy. Old Zechariah. He said, there's many things he prophesied, but one of the things he said, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. And you know, when I was praying about this, what the Lord put in my heart is, what God is working in the B group prepares the way for what God is bringing forth in the A group. Supernatural. It's supernatural. There's divine things to come out of this B group. Impossible for man to do. But God is making a way through the A group to go, yeah, amen, uh-huh. Yeah, we recognize you don't maybe have everything together, but also we don't. So, let's do this together by the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, 
He makes a path. Now go to Luke. Oh, you don't have to go there. Let me just mention some other characters for time's sake. If we were to go to Luke, the second chapter then, there are two other characters. And one of them, his name was Simeon. He was an old man. And then there was another one, 84 years old. We do have her age. And she is, uh, her name was Anna. And Anna was a prophetess. The Bible said she was praying every day in the temple. Every day in the temple praying. And what were they praying for? They were praying, listen to this, for what was to come out. They didn't know where it would come from. They didn't know how it was going to look, but it was going to come here. They were in the temple praying. I tell you, even when I say these words, the Holy Spirit is happy because there are people in this A group that are praying. Maybe people don't even know that you are, but you're praying. You're praying for what God is bringing forth for this generation. Thank God for what he's done in other generations. But the promises we saw at the very first of this, of, of this message today is he is faithful to every generation. He's merciful to every generation. And his power is on display for every generation. And so we must have it for this generation. And it's not, well, if those people would just shape up, something would happen. And if they would change, then something would happen. And, if, and, and, and there was wonderful things that God did in our day. And if they would just learn those things that God did in our day. Ah, well, we're going to look and see what that looks like in the Bible. And neither is it the people in the A group or the B group saying, if we just didn't have to drag these, these weights along... It's neither of those. It's hearts turned to one another. Go to Ezra. The third chapter. Guys, listen. If you're praying for people, it's easier to spot when something happens. Because you're looking. And what the Bible says about both Simeon and Anna is they were looking for the Messiah. And it ended up they were exactly in the right place when Jesus came into the temple as an eight-day-old little baby to be presented to the Lord. That B group or the A group was right where they needed to be to hear something and see something from the A. Group Ezra, the third chapter. Verse 10. Do we have verse 10? Or we start in with verse 11. Now what's happened here is the temple has been rebuilt after or the foundation of the temple actually has been just laid. It's not Solomon's temple. That one's gotten torn down. They've been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Now they've come back and they've laid the foundation. And they're really, really happy. And it says with praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He's so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. Next verse. But many of the, what? The older priests, Levites and other leaders who had seen the first temple, Solomon's temple, wept 
allowed when they saw the new temple's foundation. However, others <laughs> were shouting for joy because they hadn't seen anything but Babylon. And the foundation of the, this temple was better than Babylon, hey! Better than nothing! And they were happy. Ooh, we got a foundation. We got, we've made progress. Things are moving, moving, moving. And the, oh, the, the older priests were like, this ain't nothing compared to what we saw. All right, keep going. And the shouting, the joyful shouting and the weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. That, would have, that was interesting. So you had, you, had peop, you had this big group over here. Woo! Woo! Isn't this something? And you had the old group over here going, this isn't, this isn't nearly as glorious as we saw years ago. All right? So let's see what then happened. Go to Haggai, and we'll pick up the same story. Haggai, the second chapter in verse 4 says, now the Lord, this is in response to what had just happened. Both of these prophets were there, okay? Or Ezra was there, and, he, and um, Haggai, the prophet, was there. The Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. And he was the one who is uh, responsible for building. He said, don't, don't, don't get all dismayed about the weeping over here. And, the, and it seems like you've got these two different groups of people and they're not flowing together and they're comparing. He says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Jeshua, son of Je Jehozadak, the high priest. In other words, young leaders, old priests, be strong. All you people still left in the land. Now look at this next phrase. And get to work. Quit your engine. <laughs> get to work. For I am with you. Not just I was with you. I am with you. And there is a work to be done. It will not be done by just group A or by just group B, but a combination of the two. Bless the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord, of heaven's armies. In other words, he says, and look at verse 9. Verse 9. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. In other words, the same Holy Spirit that you've, you've seen do miraculous things is right here. Right here, and he's going to help us right now. And he's using both. So, verse 9. Can we go to verse 9? The future glory of the temple will be greater than the past glory. So he was saying, both groups, here, let's look ahead. Don't hang on to Solomon's temple. And don't even hang on to the foundation that just got built by the, by the next temple. He said, there's a future temple that's going to be built, says the Lord of heaven's army, and in this place I will bring peace. The Lord of heaven's armies have spoken. Jesus then, in Matthew the 16th chapter, he stepped up and he said, I will build the church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's a temple being built. You and I are in it. Every one of every age is in this, in this temple. And it is more brilliant than Solomon's temple. And God is saying, let's look. Let's all look the same, in the same direction. I'm with you. I'm going to use what's in the old. I'm going to use what's in the new. And they're going to spark each other. Now, how does he do this? I've got to watch my time. Psalm 78. Let's just read these verses <clears throat> quickly, and I'll try not to talk about them. Let the Bible talk to you. You get the interpretation yourself. I'm just kidding. Anyway, he's telling them that there are stories we have heard and known, stories of our ancestors handed down to us. Next. We will not hide these truths from our children. We'll tell the next generation, and that is the next, the next uh, born generation, okay? We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Next verse. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our, ins our ancestors to teach their children. Next so the next generation might know them, even the children yet, not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. Next verse. So each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and forgetting his commands uh, or obeying his commands. Next verse. Psalm 71, verse 17. Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood and I've constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Next. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, oh God. Let me proclaim your power to the new generation, your mighty miracles to all that come after me. Next. Now, uh, you can go back to that last one. Now, what can we do? What can we do to help spark what can we do to help spark? Testimonies are great things to spark things with. It says in Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. You can just tell a story. But in the telling of it, if you rekindle the fact that Jesus did something amazing, Jesus did something supernatural. And you tell that story, there's a spirit of prophecy on it. That spirit of prophecy will kindle, will spark something from the B group to the A group, from the A group to the B group. And we start telling what God did do. We start telling what God is doing. And, and we spark each other. Just history, just recounting history for the purpose of comparison or demeaning. Well, what God did in our day, na 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 na, and <laughs> you're not doing anything. I didn't know it came off that way. My children helped me on that. They said that the way you're telling that makes me feel hopeless. That makes us feel hopeless. It's it's like he's not doing anything. It's like you're, you're saying that God isn't doing anything. That only he did do something a long time ago. I thought, ooh, does it sound that way? It can sound that way. But not if your heart is turned to the children. 
You use a testimony. You use a testimony not in comparison or to, 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 to bring anything down. You use a testimony to lift. Say, oh, look at the potential. Yes, he's doing stuff. Yes, there's some kindling happening here. Look where it's going. Look at the great potential of what God can do. I've seen him do it before. And yes, he's doing it again. Praise the Lord. So the way the Lord told me was this. He said, use experience, because I'm over here in the, in the A group, plus 50. He said, use um, experience, but don't lean to it. And don't use it in a mean way. Use it in a happy way. Use experience. Now, one thing about about praying for people and using testimonies and encouraging is it can then, it, it can spark. Uh, Benny Hop up here and, um, and Henry Hop up here. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. You're way, you're way over here in the, in, the, in the A group, hon. Get over here. Yeah, you are so in the A group. And I love that you're in the A group. You've seen God do glorious things. I love that you're in the A group. Here, you're, you're a B guy. <laughs> Come here, a, a B guy. <laughs> you're, an, you're an A guy. Come up here. You've got white hair. I think you're A. <laughs> We're A and happy about it, are we? Praise the name of the Lord. And are you afraid of sparklers? Do you mind to come up? You don't have to, but you can. Come on up here. Oh, yes, love. All right, everybody gets a sparkler. Everybody gets a sparkler. All right, but you get a new one because you get to light your own. Now, one thing, I'm going to go ahead and spark you. One thing, one thing about a sparkler is you have to light it on the spark. Notice how, go ahead, go ahead and light. Go ahead and light. Notice that nothing happens if I put it here. Just a memory will not light the next thing. Memory of what God has done a long time ago. Oh, whoops, sorry. Oh, we got to get it a spark. Just a memory of what God, because these have all burned out. Just a memory, oh, I remember when, na 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 na, and use testimonies used in the right way. Keep them sparked. <laughs> Just a memory of it will not. Uh, will not, you better keep, get a new one. Got to keep them happening. Uh, will not spark anybody else. You can't light somebody if you're not sparking yourself or if you used to be sparked. Oh, I had sparky days back in 1970. <laughs> well, you're not going to spark anybody. The only way, the only way that you can keep sparking other people 
is to keep the spark yourself. And be willing to let other people spark you. And the wonderful thing is, is the spark that it could come with, the spark that, that could light you up may not be in your group. What could spark you if you're a, if you're a, um, what could spark you if you are, that's hot. Uh, <laughs> what could spark you if you are a, a guy Maybe a B person, like Mary. Oh, we got to get her lit again. And so, we're going to spark each other. And it's all beautiful, I reckon. One more for you. Because I believe God is going to use, put up that last verse of scripture. Psalms 92, put up Psalms 92. This is about the A group. They grow in grace, they shall still bring fruit, forth fruit in old age. In other words, they'll still have a spark. (laughs) Nobody in the plan of God has a license to be sparkless. Well, you've earned your right. You sparked sometimes back in the whatever. (laughs) No, God wants everybody sparking. And God is not into uh, anybody in this B group looking over in the A group and saying, well, they seem to have it all in hand. Or, you know, I don't see where I can fit in because they've got all the places covered. No, Everybody sparks because these are glorious days and Jesus is coming again and he's having A and B work together and after that runs out, you guys can all sit down. Praise the name of the Lord, except for Andy, you can say, thank you, sweet April, for helping us today. You did so good. Let's give all of these guys a hand. So we're going to pray. We are going to pray. Bless the name of the Lord. Uh, We can, we can help. We can, we can work with the Holy Spirit. We can be turnable. Our hearts can be turnable by using our testimonies in the right way, by praying for one another, and by being an example of what God not has done in our life, but what God is doing in our life. Praise the name of the Lord. So this morning, we're going to pray uh, in for these two groups of people in just a moment. But before we do, we've come to um, a part of the service very, very important. And um, we never, ever close a service without uh, making an opportunity for this the most important decision of everybody's life and that is what are you going to do with Jesus Christ what are you going to do with what he did for you what are you going to do with the great love that God has for you he sent his only begotten son to die so that you could live to be separated from him so that you could be joined to God so that he could be your father 
because I don't know every person in here, we're going to give everybody an opportunity or anybody an opportunity who has not yet asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life to do so now. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. But if you want to be included in that prayer, uh, I would invite you to pray along with the rest of this congregation. Pray along uh, out loud so you can hear it and from your heart so you can, you can mean it because God will hear your prayer today and things will change in your life. The old will pass away. The new will come. God will be your father and not just almighty God in the sky. He'll be your father. I'm going to pray a prayer. I invite anybody in this room who's not prayed this prayer to pray it with me now. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, pray it out loud a little bit more, and everybody pray it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you that you care for me, that you sent Jesus to die for me. I accept that. I needed what Jesus did for me. And I believe you raised him from the dead and that he is alive today. I want him to live in my life, to live in my heart. And I invite him right now to be God in my heart. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.